welcome back to Future Prairie Radio, where marginalized artists explore the future through the lens of the arts, humanities, and culture. I'm your host, Joni Whitworth. This is Season 5, Episode 7, What It Becomes, with Karen Polinski. Karen is a writer and producer who's been working on a collaborative production called Heart of Stone. The story is devised by a Slavic choreographer who's visiting Karen in Portland, Oregon. He's created an hour-long devised theater piece about a gifted youth from Kazakhstan who dreams of dancing in the bright lights of Moscow only to discover he must cling to the colorful threads of his own off-limits culture in order to be free. This poetically told tale is expressed through dance and mixed media with an all-original score. This super creative team has been rehearsing all summer with an ensemble of actors and dancers from Portland's Slavic, Russian, and Russian-American communities, as well as with other diverse local performers. Their performance has spoken word in Russian and in English, and a community discussion of the work which is called a talkback. This piece is a great example of some of the new ways that creatives are collaborating across groups and spaces and languages and disciplines. I hope you enjoy these highlights from our conversation and feel free to keep up with the project at heartofstone.org. My name is Karen Polinski and I'm a playwright and I'm also a novelist and actually a journalist too. And this project is completely unique for me because I've never written script for a dance performance before. And so I'm thrilled to be engaged in a more visual storytelling mode than what I'm used to. And this is quite experimental because it's a devised theater project, which means that everyone participates, everybody adds their voice, and we never know what's gonna happen. Our team is amazing. So this is actually the third step in a project that's been ongoing for about a year and a half. And the team consists of a lot of people from the Russian, Slavic, Eastern European community, and then dancers and singers and actors from Portland of all ages and from every background. We all get together with this amazing choreographer from Russia who's quite well known. His name is Alisher Kasanov. And for him, the big opportunity is to actually do a totally original piece, which is closer to his heart. And the piece is called Heart of Stone because it explores the coming of age of a youth in a village not unlike the one he grew up in, in Kazakhstan, which has these really cool Buddhist caves. In the show, the caves are, kind of represent um, the heart's desire and, and getting nearer and nearer to that, but the dangers of that and the joys of that. We did a workshop about a year and a half ago, and then we decided to do another, a second phase of that for Fertile Ground, and we were really excited about that because really the Russian community, the Slavic community here, hasn't participated in that amazing Fringe Festival very, very much. Like there have been a few offerings over the years, but there's a lot of vibrant visual art and acting and singing and dancing going on within that community, but tend to remain a little bit separated. And so we were really excited about 
creating something out of that community in collaboration with just every type of artist and bringing it to the whole city, the whole region in fertile ground. And of course it was a little disappointing because of how COVID hit us. We were able to share the video, but the excitement of this is really the live performance. We're gonna use some of the material from that. Alisher developed some beautiful dance pieces, I would say about five between the two pieces. I write for him, I just write anything he asks me to write. And I usually do it the night after the rehearsal and send it to him late morning and he looks at it at lunchtime and then of course it has to be translated. He speaks English, but he still needs some help with the translation to get the nuances and then he will take the piece and I say do whatever you want with it. So he can cut it, he can ask for more, but he's had me do everything from writing um, monologues to s opera songs to um, scenes with dialogue to um, fairy tales. And whatever he asks me to write, I just write it. Really, the, the words matter. He needs them. His first thing in considering coming to Portland to do this project was, I need a playwright. But for me, I feel that the words are secondary to the visual effects of dancing and you know the costumes and the bright lights and the music. For me, the words help everybody um, focus on an intention, but they culminate the words into something quite new. And it's just always totally surprising to me to see what happens with what I send off. And that's really, really fun for me. And I think it's been really good for me as a writer to think of all the ways you can reach people that are not a sentence punctuated into a paragraph. A dialogue which is you know, basically binary or even how you can free yourself from a particular social context by using the right details and make the story more universal. Um, it's super fun and I think they love it because the, the, the most fun thing about this project is that each day when we arrive nobody knows what's going to happen, like no one. I'm really excited for this iteration of it because we have this amazing violin player who composes on the fly. His name is Tomoki Martins and he is fabulous. So that's going to be a super fun element because I just know that he and Alisher are going to have a meeting of minds. Tomoki and I have done a, a couple pretty intense creative projects before, so we're already on the same page and you know, um, and I've worked well with Alisher, so I think we, we just mixed him in and Alisher is really excited about it. So the actors, um, who they become in the play depends a lot on who they are in real life. Alisher is really good at seeing not just the acting ability or the dance qualities of his actors but also who they are as people and he definitely incorporates that into his scenarios like he wants everybody who participates to change in the nature of what it becomes and he wants everybody to bring to it their experience and their cultural backgrounds mm -hmm. and their political beliefs he feels like there's a certain authenticity to that that's exciting and dynamic and it's okay if it gets messy or it conflicts um, and in fact it's better if it does like so if people don't completely get each other but they learn to understand each other through the process of the project then we all feel enlightened
He really wants each person to learn and to push themselves to the extreme of their capacity. He has a group called Meme Orchestra in Russia and people always want to be part of his projects because they're so different and they're so exciting and you get to find out things about yourself and about who you are in, in a group of people who are all willing to take risks. So Olga Kratsova is, um, she's an actress and a dancer and she can actually do anything. And she somehow, she knows every person involved in her project really well. She gets to know them. If she doesn't know them, sometimes we, you know, recruit somebody at the last minute, but she'll take the time to get to know them. She just has this way of uh, making sure that we check in all the time with how people are feeling and um, what they're comfortable with, what they'd like to see changed, what they don't want to do again. Mm -hmm. Sometimes Alisher will have them do something in a rehearsal and by the next day one of the actors will say, I don't want to do that again. And that's always respected. And some of those have to do with cultural sharing. Like I think one of our dancers who is from China sang a song from the era of Mao just because she needed something to sing in the moment. And it was actually an amazing song. But then later she thought about it and she said, you know, that's not how I want to represent here. That's not the right song for me to do in this context. You know, just she felt that it wasn't the, the message that her character really wanted to share with the dramatic situation that she was in. That's just an example of how the production will take a turn in a different direction based on our conversation at the beginning of the rehearsal. One of the actors said, I want a Shakespearean monologue. And so Alisher just turned to me and said, write a Shakespearean monologue. <laughs> and it was really fun. And you know, for me, like, it's actually very freeing because how harshly can I be judged for something that I write in one day? And also for dance, it's a different type of writing. It's not subtle. Like, you know, you can't read between the lines. You can't play a lot of subtext. You can't see nuance, you know? So everything has to be kind of bold, clear, emotional, direct, and that's really good for me to um, practice that because I think I sometimes bury myself in my own thoughts. So this is like, as I said, our third iteration and we're hoping to um, do like a 45 to 50 minute show with a 15 minute talk back. And I think the talk back is super important. It's wonderful every single time the audience has a lot to say and a lot of questions. People are always astonished by the show. Like they don't know what they're going to see and then they see it and they're really surprised. And they have a lot of questions about how it came about and they also want to share their feelings about it. And it's a pretty provocative show um, in the sense that there's characters breaking out of their shell and um, people relate to that. I mean, it, that's been interesting for me to experience, you know, and, they, and then they want to talk about what does it mean to liberate yourself? So we've done two 25 minute shows before. So now we want to do a 50 minute show that uses some of the same material, but actually is brand new. So we do have an over, a whole script now with a story arc that we've all come up with together. So we're in pursuit of that script now. So we, we'd like to achieve like fundamental beginning, middle and end pieces of that that structure the piece. But we know that we're not going to have enough time and money and yeah. rehearsals to culminate it into a full length show. So I think the goal is to do like a 50 minute show and then later make it into a full length show. I think Alisher is pretty motivated to want to do the whole story, which is it's kind of epic. So we're doing it piece by piece.
it's the story of a youth who grows up in Kazakhstan in a little village and there are these these caves across on the other side of a river so there's like a kind of dangerous zone in between and there's some artwork in the caves that is very mysterious and it speaks to each person's heart's desire, but nobody has seen it in a long, long time. It's kind of been off limits from the government. And so this young boy in this town um, wants to be a musician or a dancer, or, you know, it's a little bit open. He wants to be an artist, but his mother and his father are afraid of that future for him, and they're afraid of him going off to Moscow. His father is a factory worker, and he pictures his son following in his footsteps. He's a welder and staying in that town and um, in a way keeping his head down. And the mom, though, is a dreamer, and she, she would like her son to do anything and be anything and be free, but she's also kind of naive. And then there are townspeople and, and neighbors. Um, there's a story of a girl who defies her parents and drowns. Or maybe she doesn't drown, maybe she enters the cave, you know? And so there's a fairy tale that overlays it, and the little boy is drawn into the fairy tale as he discovers his bliss and becomes free. There are very many people who have not really seen dance performed live with live music and if you haven't you should because it's so wonderful and there's nothing else like it and it's so joyful and it just reaches you in a place that no other art form does and especially with this one I think it's kind of thrilling because it's so ultimate for the, all the performers, for the actors and for the choreographer and for the musicians, um, because they know each performance is going to be its own celebration and no two are going to be alike. And you definitely feel that energy. It feels like once in a lifetime. And the audience is really, really a part of that. And they're surprised to find themselves so swept up in what's happening right in front of their eyes. But they're so much a part of it. And also we're going to make sure we have affordable tickets because sometimes it can be prohibitively expensive to go see dance. It's also a really amazing chance for people in Portland to see the work of this world-famous choreographer who is just attracted to Portland because Portland is so open to him. This is a very small show in terms of his work and what he usually does. He's usually on a very big stage um, in a very professional and expensive atmosphere, you know, with productions that take quite a long time to develop. But you really get a chance to see what he does. So the performance itself is such a demonstration of his process. Thanks so much for listening. This episode was sponsored by Oregon Humanities and the Oregon Community Foundation. Written and produced by me, Joni Whitworth, and edited by Ellie Swope. If you have any questions or feedback about the show, we're happy to hear it. Please feel free to reach out at any time at futureprairie.com or on social media at futureprairie.com.